Hello everyone, welcome back to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. So today I want to answer a question that we get asked a lot. So if you have never been on a silent meditation retreat before, or if you're wondering more about the ones that we run here in WA and sometimes overseas through Spanda School, or if you're thinking about recommending the silent retreat to someone and you're not quite sure if it would be the right fit for them, then listen on to this episode. So I've been running silent retreats for 10 years, starting with one and three-day silent meditation retreats in Thailand, and then eventually running our longer residential retreats here through Spanda in WA and, and sometimes overseas as well, like in Bali and India, and we also did that one time in Greece. And I've also attended many, many silent meditation retreats, mostly in the from the Hridaya school, as well as some different other silent meditation retreats through Agama, and of course some Vipassana retreats as well. And the retreats that I've run are not the same ones. I've um Oh, I just think about other countries as well. So been running them around the world and have they've also changed a lot since I first ran them. So they've adapted a lot. And because it's just me running these retreats, I can run them exactly the way I want to. I can really feel into the sensitivities and the vulnerabilities of the group, the challenges that people have, the different types of support that really make a difference to people when they receive it and also that really make a difference when people don't receive a certain kind of support as well. So I've had really challenging retreats. I've had all kinds of retreats. So some of you know, you know, all of the different types of challenges that we've experienced, some one in a million kind of things as well. Um, and yeah, from that have really grown and also have the flexibility to be able to adapt the retreats. Some, there are different types of retreats you can go on. You know, most, I think the three main categories I divide them into is that there is the, I mean, there is the yoga retreat, a yoga and meditation retreat, which is sometimes called like a wellness retreat. And these are a little bit more casual, immersive experiences where you go to a beautiful destination. Um, you know, it might just be right here in WA. You go down to Margaret River, you go up to Broome, and you get treated to, you know, three, five, seven days of yoga and meditation sessions. And have it's like a holiday. And the food is, the menu is prepared for you. And there are some other activities. And you're on a holiday, but yoga is being provided. And you're probably going there with a teacher that you really like or through a studio or with a community. Or you might just find one and feel like, I just want to go on a, on a yoga holiday, really, like a wellness holiday. So those come in all kinds of different varieties. And then when it comes to the silent meditation retreat, most notably is the Vipassana retreat. So Vipassana retreats are held all over the world. It's in the Buddhist tradition. And it's usually a donation-based retreat. And it's built based around a Vipassana-style meditation. So a meditation where the awareness is on both the breath as well as the experience of sensations in the body. 
and the way that they are impermanent. There's two main types of Vipassana retreats. There's the Goenka retreat, which is like a a franchise for a retreat, you could say. It started by a, a teacher, Goenka, who's recently in the last few years passed. And you can find one of these Goenka Silent Retreat Centers in every capital city in the world. And it's run by volunteers and they do the exact same 10-day silent retreat. And then there's just the general Vipassana retreat, a Buddhist-style retreat run in different monasteries, especially in India, Thailand, and some other Asian countries. We have a video that I will link in the show notes that explain more about the difference between a Vipassana retreat and what other people call a Spanda silent retreat. So often people call the silent retreats that I run the Spanda silent retreat. So we'll just call that here for ease to distinguish. So I don't want to talk about too much about the difference because there's already a video explaining more about the difference between those two types of retreats. So when you're thinking, you know, should I go on a silent retreat? The thing I want you to think about is to have clear expectations. And, you know, when people come on our retreats, a very common intention people have is to have no expectations. And that's not what I'm talking about. The whole idea of functionality is that we are aware of our expectations because we have expectations. So I'm not talking about, you know, about the journey being open to the journey and being surrendered and really being present to the practice. I'm talking about being aware of your condition before you go on retreat. That's the expectations I'm talking about. And also being aware of the expectations of the space that we're about to step into. So the space you're going to interact with. Again, being aware of those conditions. So being aware of your internal conditions and then those external conditions. You know, having some awareness about what do I want to get out of this? What kind of obstacles do I have for the kind of retreat I'm signing up for? And what's the best way I can set myself up for success, really? That's the question. And it's a question that we should be willing to ask and that actually it's the responsibility of the space that you're stepping into to help you set up for success. And often retreats are like this kind of commercial venture or in the Vipassana case, it's like this evangelical adventure. Like we have the truth and the cure and the ultimate solution. Come join us. But luckily at, at Spanda, you know, with the volume of repeaters we get on retreats, we can really afford to slow down and take a look and help everyone who is interested in retreat, help them with preparatory materials, questionnaires, onboarding calls to help to set people up for success. Because the one thing that everyone wants from retreat, no matter what conditions you have, is for it to be successful. What is going to help the retreat be successful is very individual. And the best way to optimize the chances of that is to take an individual approach, which takes time and self-awareness on behalf of the individual and then also that support from the facilitator and from the retreat. So that is our biggest priorities. Like how can we support 
people to make the best out of the retreat. And sometimes it's not coming on the next retreat. Sometimes it's coming on retreat immediately. So the the way we prepare is going to be unique. So I don't know if that actually answers anything for you, but you know, one one solution or one step forward you could take if you're thinking about silent retreat would be to go onto the Spunda page and to actually fill out the registration form that has questions that lets both you and I feel into if this might be the right fit and also can help us to guide you with next steps forward. So filling out an application form would be a great first step, a great questionnaire to help you to reflect. And the next, especially for beginners, I just want to speak to the biggest challenge. So, you know, people have all kinds of fears and worries about coming on a silent retreat. I couldn't think of anything worse, right? Like that's what people are always saying to me. I'm like, great. So, you know, there's this idea that there are some demons or overwhelming shadows that make it too scary to even consider. And the reality is, is that for many people, there may be individual challenges that come up. Maybe it's boredom, anger, maybe you're sore, you're tired, you're triggered, right? Like there is going to be material that comes up. However, that is not really the problem, right? The problem is not actually these little issues of boredom or soreness. What really throws us and can make a retreat very challenging for someone and for beginners is the capacity for unfamiliarity. Because when you come to the retreat, especially if you're not prepared, I'll give some tips for how to prepare, but if you're not prepared, there's like this schedule you have to adhere to. There's me you have to listen to. There's yoga practice, a movement practice you might not be familiar with. You know, the food is not familiar. The group is not familiar. And if you're a beginner, it's going to take some time to settle. It just depends on how you are. Some people settle quickly and some people it takes a day or two to settle into the space. And if you're already got other triggers coming up, the boredom, the anger, the tiredness or triggers, you know, and emotions, that unfamiliarity just kind of, you know, tops it off and overflows that cup and can make it feel really challenging. Something that the retreat is designed, the Spunda Silent Retreat is designed to build is a self-reflective capacity. Because if you can actually reflect inward and see what is it that I'm worried or triggered about, what is actually making me feel uncomfortable, you will very quickly be able to find relief from that trigger. So self-reflection is so important in every area of our lives. And we have this idea that I'm scared to look at my pain. I'm scared to look inside. I'm scared to look at what's inside and what's triggering me. But so often we actually build a story about what our trigger is. And we don't ever look at it because we have this story that, you know, I'm scared or that there's something real dark inside. But actually, it's not, we think we're scared to look at the pain, but really what's happening is much more innocent than that. It's just that we're not conditioned to look at our pain. Our systems are conditioned towards activity. They're conditioned to look outward. And, you know, through our society and our culture, we're conditioned to look outward to activity and productivity and opportunities and risks. 
we're not conditioned. Our systems, our attention is not conditioned or wired to look inward and clean out things that make us uncomfortable. That's actually what we start to build in retreat is this new conditioning of a balance of both outward looking and inward looking. So it have the cleaning out, the daily cleaning of things that are making us uncomfortable and diminishing our capacity and taking away our freedom to feel and think the way we want to. Those conditions are getting cleared out daily. So the retreat obviously is a huge tool for training the inward cleaning capacity. So it's not really fear that is holding us back at looking at what's making us comfortable. It's really just that we don't know how to, especially at the beginning. So we want to prepare ourselves by making that space more familiar. And with the Spanda Silent Retreats, we, you know, we offer the advices of starting to expose yourself to the kinds of things you're going to receive on retreat. So you're going to receive a gentle movement practice that, you know, we call, and the retreat, we call it the yoga practice. You're going to have a lot of space for self-reflection and journaling. So it's good to actually start something like that. You're going to be listening to material. And if you listen to the podcast, you're already pretty prepared because a big part of the retreat is two sessions each day of something like this, where there's a discourse offered by me that's explaining about meditation. And depending on the type of retreat it is, it'll, you know, be, you'll be receiving theoretical material that's going to help to reorganize you inside and support your practice. And then of course, meditation. So all of these are going to support you, even if you did just one, but if you can expose yourself to this kind of work, it's going to prepare you. It's going to make this space more familiar, which is going to increase your confidence inside the space, which is going to take the edge off and support you with anything that actually comes up that is triggering for you. You will experience an individual challenge at some point. Maybe your back will hurt a little bit, or you didn't like the food or, or something. Some people don't experience any challenge and they're literally just in this ecstasy holiday the whole time, but probably triggers will come up and that's, it's not, you don't win if you get an ecstasy holiday. You win no matter what happens, but it's nice if triggers come up, but they're totally manageable and you resolve them inside yourself. That's, you know, also an ecstasy holiday and you're going to have a better chance at doing that or the best chance at doing that if you're not also unfamiliar with the space. So that can be really what adds the unmanageable layer of challenge to the space. And especially if you don't know that that's what's happening and you just think something's wrong, I feel bad. Something's wrong, I feel bad. And you're not looking at why do I feel bad? Then you're going to kind of just be on the surface of this, you know, storm. And you really want to go inward and really see what's happening and to find some resolution and relief. So I hope this has helped um, explain a little bit more about what to expect on one of our silent retreats. And as always, if you have any questions, just reach out to us. We're always having many retreats on the schedule for you to come and join us with. And even if silent retreat isn't your next step, we 
are always happy to hear from you and see if we can support you with whatever your next steps are. So thanks for listening and I'll speak to you again in a few weeks. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.